All of the newest episodes of Note to Self are now available on the Luminary Podcast app. It's free to download, and you can also listen to other podcasts from WNYC Studios like Radiolab, Two Dope Queens, Snap Judgment, Here's the Thing with Alec Baldwin, and others. Luminary Premium is the only place where you can enjoy the entire new season of Note to Self, plus new original podcasts you won't find anywhere else from Trevor Noah, Roxanne Gay, Guy Raz, Lena Dunham, and many more. And you can enjoy them ad-free. Start your free trial by going to luminary.link slash note to self or download the Luminary app for free. Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Hello, friend. This is an episode of Note to Self, but from when we used to be called New Tech City. Same good content, just the old name. Enjoy. We don't have to sell anything. And by that, I mean it's, you know, the stuff sells itself. We could put up a vending machine and people would still buy it. Peter Harmlin worked at an Apple store on Manhattan's Upper West Side for three years. It was like no other job he's ever had before or since. It was an exercise in, in empathy. There's a little bit of psychology to it. And I found myself counseling or consoling people twice my age in ways I never thought I would. And I, I learned a great deal doing that in the moment when someone comes to you in tears and it's like, well, I, I just... I, you just have to be a human. This week's episode, Tales from Inside the Glass Cube. Apple Store employees tell it like it is. This is New Tech City, the podcast about how people are being changed by technology. I'm your host, Manoush Zamarodi. And every year or so, Apple has a big announcement. Apple Watch is the most personal device we've ever created. They introduce a new product after shrouding it in secrecy and whipping techies into a frenzy of gadget mania. Today, Apple is going to reinvent the phone. Hordes of Apple addicts line up for days or even weeks outside stores across the country to be the first to get their hands on something, whatever Apple is selling. Uh, I mean, and just waiting here, it's like, it's like, cool, like, who does this? So, I mean, it's different. Why? Why are you here? (laughs) Uh, For the iPhone, for the iPhone 6. We're just Apple fanatics. Yikes. And there are nice guys and gals in those blue shirts who have to deal with this madness, this hype, these astronomical expectations. How do they feel about it? How do they feel about me when I come in the store? But I learned that the genius bar worker is a skittish breed. It turns out a lot of them like to go back for a week or two every so often, you know, make some more money. And Apple doesn't like their employees blabbing to the media. So none of the geniuses we spoke to would risk being blacklisted, even if we promised not to say their name and change their voice. But we did find four ex-employees who were cool with talking to us. They weren't geniuses. They were specialists, as Apple calls them people who work the floor at an Apple store. And new employees have to sign a non-disclosure agreement. But anyway, here are these guys. Mostly they've recorded themselves for your listening pleasure on their own iPhones. Ironically, they've done it pretty badly, but that's okay. Pete, you know. I didn't know what a gigahertz was or RAM. There's Matt, who worked in an Apple store in Minnesota. I actually had to do four interviews um, and by the fourth one, I was ready to tell them to, you know, 
stick it. <laughs> Jeremy, who worked at the flagship store in New York. When people were getting set up on iPhones, they were the happiest. And Nick Bannon, who also worked at the store on Fifth Avenue. Full disclosure, we found him temping around the WNYC offices. You can only handle that much energy for so long and still be able to keep a smile on your face. Our four fellows aren't geniuses or genii, but that didn't matter to Apple. For people who work in the red zone, as it's called, helping customers buy and set up their iPhone or their laptop, the company doesn't initially look for technical know-how. New hires need to show their human side. You know, actually, when I first joined the company, I knew almost nothing about iPhones. When we were hired and we were trained, um, it wasn't approached as a retail job. It was approached actually as hospitality. Training, I mean, you can go for weeks. And so a lot of it is how to how to empathize with the customer, how to align with the customer, asking permission for certain things, like before you try, look at their iPhone, ask them if you can hold it before you grab it out of their hands. Patience, understanding that, you know, an issue regarding a computer may not be about the computer, it's about the contents on the computer or a deadline missed or something like that. So it really is more psychological training leading up to the first day you're in a blue shirt. That was Jeremy and Pete. Jeremy especially loved almost every minute as a specialist. It was fantastic, right? I mean, the, the company was also really good to us, but the customers were amazing. We used to wait and we couldn't wait to help people. And it kind of probably sounds like a company line, but the most rewarding part of our job was actually getting to work one-to-one with people. Um, we used to get a lot of people apologize just for that reason. They say, this is probably a dumb question, but, but there were really no dumb questions. We really enjoyed working for as long as it took. Morale was certainly high, but like for Matt, that wasn't really his bag. Oh, man. Okay, so when you start working at Apple, you are just immediately indoctrinated <laughs> into the Apple culture. I mean, every single person you talk to is, is you know, smiling and happy and wants to tell you how great Apple is. Fanboy or not, everyone we spoke to, even the employees who didn't want to go on tape, they all agreed that their relationship with customers tended to get intimate really fast. For better and worse— and that being an Apple Store specialist was actually a very special job. For example, Pete. Oh, Pete. Pete has some stories to tell. I had a customer come in and say, I need to speak to some of the Genius Bar. I, I can't get into this computer. I go, oh, well, what happened? Did you forget the password? She said, no, it was my husband's. He died yesterday. I need to know how to get into this computer. Or somebody would come in and they would say, I think my ex is, has hacked into my phone. Uh, and they're terrified of this. And so that, that was the extreme end of the emotional baggage, aside from just being frustrated that something didn't work. Those were probably a few of the standouts. Uh, I used to teach classes as well, and people were so scared of the technology. They would write down furiously everything I would say, everything on the screen. They would be frantic about knowing what it was, and they were afraid they were missing something. So a lot of the interactions I had were out of sort of fear of this new technology and how to alleviate that. Did anyone ever take their fear out on you? Absolutely. Yeah. People think that they bought this phone, they don't understand it, they're frustrated, and so it's our fault. You don't buy a BMW and expect the dealership to teach you how to drive. <laughs> so so I, I shouldn't say everyone, but a great, a great number of the people who came through that door, that's, that was kind of their attitude. Like, for example, I, I, I had to break up a fight once between um, two customers, almost physical, uh, one was commanding too much time, uh, too much of my attention over the other. And I was trying to balance it, but they got into a quarrel. 
and uh, I think the woman was throwing her shawl in this other gentleman's face, uh, and we had to we had to we had to separate them. I just want to say two words to you that you mentioned in your email and maybe sort of get you to tell a story. Mechanical pencil. Um, I had never had any violence directed towards me at the Apple store. And it's very rare that this would happen. But my a friend of mine was a coworker. He was uh, speaking with uh, a customer at one of the tables with the computers on him. He was leaning against the table. Uh, He's talking to a customer. And all of a sudden he feels this sharp pain in his side. And he turns around and there's an elderly gentleman who's... He didn't, he didn't ask him to move or, you know, or, or, or to give him more space. He just started jabbing him with a pencil. And uh, he turned back around and continued addressing this, the other customer. And then he felt it again. This guy was jabbing a mechanical pencil into his side to get him out of the way. And as soon as he, conf- as soon as he confronted him, the guy whipped out a handy cam and tried to film him. Um, as if, I dare you. I dare you. Just give me, give me a reason. Uh, and then once he went and got the security, they they came uh, they came over, and I guess the gentleman just he hit the bricks. But uh, I mean that's that's sort of embodies the absurdity of of, of a lot of the interaction at the Apple Store, where I mean just just like, uh, say something, ask someone to move, you know, let's drop the entitlement and violence and try to address this uh, with our words. In a minute. What these Apple Store employees think about launch day and the people who line up for weeks outside the store for the latest iPhone. And you'll get best tips from our strategists on what to really buy or not buy and how to buy it. Hint, it's not waiting in line. Do not buy your grandparents an iPad. I think that's a a bad idea. Tech City. I'm Anoush Samarodi, and we're talking about Apple and what it's like for the people who work the floor in the stores, what they're really thinking when a new product is launched, and all the fanboys and girls go crazy. And especially those nutty people who line up for days, sometimes weeks, outside the flagship store on Fifth Avenue here in New York. People like Nene Patton. I'm here because I, I love waiting in line. I've wait, waited in line for iPhone 4 for a week. I waited in line for the three for four days, and I waited for iPhone 5 for a week in line as well. And I feel like this is like a clockwork to me. Like every year or every two years, I come to this iPhone store, Apple store, and wait in line. Some just want to be the first to get anything. The first Apple Watch, the first iPhone 4, 5, 6, the first whatever. I mean, we we like the iPhone. We've gotten every single iPhone so far. A lot of people think that, we, that we're paid by Apple to do this. I mean, but we're not. We just like the experience. Others do it for the strategic PR. They know how this media game works. And um, we're trying to raise awareness about a new, um, a new healthcare app that's going to be on the new phone um, that we really believe can increase, increase access to healthcare in America. So we're really passionate about it. And then there are the people who have flown in from China or Russia who will head straight back to JFK once they get their hands on the new phone. 
to deliver it to competitors or to sell it or to just be the first person in an entire city, maybe even country, to have it. Our job's in Hong Kong, right? So we work at night in Hong Kong time. And then we try to sleep during the day. Apple employees we spoke to don't have all that much respect for these people camping outside their stores. Here's Nick's take on them. I would definitely say that there's a backlash against early liner uppers among Apple employees. Apple employees kind of see those people that line up early as kind of kooks. You won't find a lot of people who really need the new features and new benefits right away who are waiting on that line. Usually if you ask the people waiting on line, they don't have a super great technical knowledge. Nick recalls going outside the store one day to count how many people were lined up for a new iProduct. He gets depressed just thinking about it. It was a particularly cold March, um, and we would have people lined up in the plaza of the GM building. And then uh, the Apple employees would walk around the perimeter, which is about three or four feet up, and it felt like you were working in a prison camp. But just to be clear, Nick didn't feel badly about buying his new phone the day it came out. Feels like you, you've earned it. Like, if, if, I'm, if I'm working there and I'm spending 40, 50 hours a week there as a representative of Apple, I can't have some snot-nosed kid walking around with a better phone than me. Not that that meant Nick or any of the other employees really had a chance to use the phone before they had to field dozens of questions about it. Here's Matt talking about launch day. All of the employees of the store are finding out all of the information about the new devices at the same time as everybody else. So, you know, in the back office, they may be having like the Gizmodo live feed of the event and, you know... We're running out from the back to kind of sell sell people phones, acting like we've known all along all of the features, but really we just learned them, you know, 10 minutes ago. Um, And it is really difficult because, you know, the the way that the kind of employee system works in the stores, you're being micromanaged a lot. And um, when you're trying to, you know, retain all of this information you just read and trying to make people happy on the floor and trying to make your managers happy and kind of keep the flow going, it's insanely stressful. I can't, you know, say how stressful that job was when, you know, people are demanding so much of you. Okay, they did their time, and now these specialists have top tips for you and me. Okay, first, don't go overboard. For the old... Do not buy your grandparents an iPad. I think that's a, a bad idea. It's um, it's not from their time, and they don't necessarily need it or want it. Same thing for the young. I remember an instance with a, a kid, a British family that came in, and it was when iPad 2 came out, and the, the kid wanted to get a 64-gigabyte model. He was about 10 years old, and he demanded that he needed the 64-gigabyte model to hold all his games. And the, the best that we had was a 32-gigabyte um, and I explained to the parents who were very, very nice and um, that that 32 gigabytes for a 10-year-old child is, is more than enough space. That interaction ended in tears, by the way. Anyway, next tip, if you choose to line up, be flexible. I think people have a certain expectation. If they're going to be there on launch day, uh, they, they know that there's always a chance they're not going to get what they want. Because ordering it online is the smart way to go, according to our blue-shirted friends. When the new iPhone comes out, I'm just going to stay up in my underwear and order it at 3 o'clock. That new phone will most likely arrive at the store and your house on the same day. Thanks for listening to our special Inside the Glass Cube edition of New Tech City. 
I should mention, all the employees we spoke to were pretty happy about how they were paid by Apple. They got discounts, even stock options. And overall, they said, it's a good job. But they just have one request. If you're going to an Apple store, just be nice, please. That's really it. Let us know what you think of all this. Or if you have an idea for a show, email us at newtechcity at wnyc.org. And coming up next week, reading. We learn how reading on all these screens has actually changed our brains. And so we have to adapt. And we'll hear how the founder of the wildly popular literary website, Brain Pickings, how she became the best, most efficient reader out there. So it's an image of text, which I've taken a photo of on the iPad, emailed myself into Evernote. Then I cropped it down to the text that I actually wanted to save. It has optical character recognitions, so I don't actually have to transcribe it. That's Maria Popova, the editor of BrainPickings.org on the next New Tech City. Subscribe to our show by searching for New Tech City on iTunes or just head on over to NewTechCity.org. Then we'll be there waiting for you every Wednesday morning on your phone. I'm Anoush Samarodi, and I'll talk to you then. Holding the spot for my other friend. He's supposed to rotate, like, tomorrow he's going to take it while I'm at work, and then the next day I'll take the spot until he comes, and that's it. But you're not going to get the phone. No, I don't want the phone. I'm an Android person, Samsung.